you passed your luck check. It's the No Class Podcast. With your hosts who are suffering through colds and worse, Eddie and Matt. Well, hello, everybody. We've missed you. Kisses. But we'll have to do it via the air because you don't want to get in close contact with us right now. We're we're both vectors for something. Yeah. (laughs) Not COVID this time. Yeah, exactly. It ain't the vids. (sighs) Mm, mm, mm. Full of delicious evergreen. Uh, I want to say that's Asian fusion. Korean fusion. Yeah, bulgogi and whatnot. And sushis. Yeah, the sushis. Delicious. And uh, I can't even remember what we just ate. Exactly. Tonkatsu. Watch your language. Katsu. Yeah. Which is my favorite. Chicken fried steak in any region is my favorite. Schnitzel. Tonkatsu. Chicken fried steaks. Mm-hmm. Put some gravy on it or some sauce. Mm-hmm. You got yourself a stew going, baby. That's right. That's right. Hey, that's a good call out to our recently departed, you know. Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. You got yourself a stew, baby. Um, but no, it's funny because, yeah, what is it? The, uh, the, uh, the schnitzel is pork loin pounded flat and fried, you know, battered. And then the chicken fried steak is obviously steak. And then this tong cat is actually chicken. Nope. Isn't it? You can do it with a, whatever you want, but okay. I think traditionally, and I'm sure somebody will correct me, but the tonkatsu mm-hmm. is pork, oh. and I think pork is how it started out, and then like everything, it turns yeah. into, here's the chicken version, so they've and here's done the beef chicken, version. Yeah. Or that make it slightly healthier, even though it's still battered and fried, Yeah, but man, you're not worried about being healthy with any of that, but it was delicious. So there's your shout out to Evergreen. I'm sure you heard this. Yeah. So please send us a $100 gift card for our next meal there. Oh, my God. I'm going to hold hold my breath on that. I don't want to sink any clouds or anything. So you just got back from Disney Sink World. into the clouds. Disney I felt like World. I sunk into the clouds at Disney. Yeah. Just a ton of fun, right? So much fun. Mm-hmm. Good, clean fun. What I appreciate was all the people that were like, are you at Disney right now? I'm right down the road. Are you at Disney? I'm right down the road. Okay. Well, where's my invite to do something? Yeah. So, yeah. Bill Barsh. Yeah, that was like me and Heather when we took our little trip around this time last year down the southern coast down to Florida. And people were like, I wish I'd known. And I'm like, because, like, what? You, know, you were going to come meet me or... You know, yes, I, I feel you on that, yeah. But we were so scheduled up with stuff, it would have been really awkward to be like, hey, you want to come over, come over to my house for dinner or something? And it's like, yeah. well, you know, I am spending all this money to be at Disney, yeah. so yes, but no. Yeah. But now that's what boggles me with, like, I guess, Bill anyway, is like, I get the impression, like, do they have a place down there by yeah. Disney? And what do they, do they winter there? And then are they even up in Michigan anymore where he's from or... Does he live there too? Split his time? I don't know. I'm assuming he's a snowbird. Okay. But we'll get Luau Lu to tell us. Yeah, we'll get all the straight dope. I wish we had a chance to just sit down and hang out with Lou. If only we had that opportunity. Yeah. Did we mention it on the last podcast that he's going to be a very special guest at this year's Long Con? I don't know if we did or not, but guess what? You heard it here then now. Luau Lu of Dandelion Games. Yep. He's going to be attending as a special, special, extra, super special guest. 
And for a few of our listeners who are also fans of this old dungeon, mm-hmm. this is a good way to get both of those podcasts marked off your list because mm-hmm. we'll have uh, at least two of them mm-hmm. and two of us. Yeah. So if you want to see oh, a little no class podcast and yeah. this old dungeon, guys, yeah. there will be. We might, if we find time, we could do a little shared PCAST or something, maybe. Yeah, but between me and Bill, who's going to be the grumpy guy? <laughs> it's going to be Bill. <laughs> the grumpier, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny stuff. I'm merely but a student at the foot. <laughs> Sitting at the foot of the master. Mm-hmm. That's too funny. It sucks. Okay. Oh, man. So you just got back from... Uh, Disney. Disney. And then... With a cold. With a cold, which is always fun. Or an allergy or whatever, but... Well, you're around different plants and whatnot and a million weird A million different people being crammed into different... Monorails or whatever. Airtight spaces with them to make sure that you've breathed in that air from around the globe so that you can get the... The Whatever variety of... The, the fungamonga from Cucamonga. But yeah. it's not a COVID and it's not the flu. So there's that. So I've got that going for me. Always a plus. So we just got back from Fredericksburg down in uh, the hill country. And you and Heather, not you and me. Yeah, right, right. Even though. The different we. You're so snuggly. But um, Heather and I got back and we had uh, good old uh, LeBlanc, our old buddy from New Big Dragon, had told me about these really neat rental properties down there that him and his lady, I think they're engaged and I'm so happy for him. Look like they're, they're really in love. Anyway, he had told me a while back about somehow we got talking about trips and whatever. And I was, I've been wanting to go to Fredericksburg. He said, man, let me give you a tip and told me about these great, uh, you know, rental properties. So they're really a good price. We rented this cabin, dude. I'm telling you, I posted a picture on Facebook. It was so picturesque, so charming, so quaint. We really had a lot of fun. At least we did when we first got there. But then, but then, so we ran out to Walmart, bought some groceries because it came with a, a kitchen, had a nice dining room out back. There's a large, like four person hot tub. We're rub a dub in the hot tub, having fun. And then we got out and we were out by the fire pit drinking wine. And I posted a little silly video, you know, Lord, there's a fire. We're just having so much fun. And then we go to bed and it rolls over. It's Heather's birthday. How wonderful. But about 2 a.m., I wake up to Heather slapping me in the face, going Good. hissing, Matt, Matt, there's someone in the house. There's something in the house with us. So I'm like, what the hell? So I pull my CPAP off and right away I'm like, what is that smell? Skunk. Yeah. And so I try, so I try charge out the door in my skivvies, you know, ready to put myself between whatever this is, my beloved, you know, bride skunks don't count. Yeah, exactly. You're on your own. Yeah. Everyone for themselves. But I've got a little video of it that I took real quick, just in case I had to prove something, whatever to the people were written from, you could hear the thing screeching and squealing and clawing. Like, I think it was fighting probably a big rattlesnake or something. This is the hill country because it was under the house. Mm -hmm. Well, whatever was, it was fighting caused it to completely empty out its stank bladder mm-hmm. that musk and even though it's below the house i mean in short order well i appreciate that you don't smell like it today yeah but but i'll tell you that yeah well, just do you the musk i was like heather heather we got to get everything together so we're getting all our stuff together and we ran out as quick as we could even then our luggage smelled like skunk our clothes smelled like skunk the car smelled like skunk i mean it was bad 
So I called the people that operate this property and the woman's grog has to be like, what's going on? I said, we've been sprayed by a skunk. The, 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 it's completely bombed this rental. And she's like, oh, shit. And I laughed. There's a little bit of levity I needed because you could tell that she like caught herself. And she's like, so they found us another place. It was a pretty, pretty well appointed. We appreciate it. But we didn't get to bed forever because we had to get there. And it's real windy in the hill country. We hung everything out so the wind could kind of air it out. We took like two showers. I mean, we had wiped down with like Clorox wipes our luggage, what we could you know, to get the stank off. And, uh, and so, oh, this is the best part. So I went to put my CPAP back on. Yeah, it was blowing this, like, I was like, Bleh! you know, I mean, I almost barfed because it had gotten in the CPAP. Mm. So I had to air, I had to like throw brand new, I just bought these $54 hose attachment to the thing, just threw it away. Luckily, Heather's a genius. She bought an extra hose for some reason. We hooked that one up and I like wiped down Clorox, wiped the, 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 the headpiece mask or whatever and threw away the filter that was in it and just let some air blow through it for a while circulate and it, even then I swear like the last couple of years has been a little bit of a hint of stank when I'm using my seatbelt so I was really pissed off but um but Heather's a trooper you know they moved us to another place that we really liked we had a lot of fun they had a hot tub and all that and and we got to see Fred oh we went to the Altdorf mm-hmm. and we had some good uh schnitzel and a really good strudel. The strudel was, I, I encourage, I wanted to go to the Bavarian, but they were closed. But the Altdorf on the main strip, mm-hmm. it's good. Had some good beer, too. You got to have beer. You know? That might be the one that I went to. I remember it was yeah. on the main strip. It probably was. This place was like a, a beer garden slash restaurant. There were a lot of moose heads and a lot of cuckoo clocks. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, it was good. So anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Did it take the smell of skunk out of your nose? Well, I tell you what's funny was to show that we're good sports about it, we decided to name our skunk Fred, you know, Fredericksburg. And then on the way home, driving through the country, every so often you pass a dead skunk and we like, oh, there's one of Fred's cousins that got flattened, you know, whatever. But anyway, we made the best of it and we still had a good time. Like I said, I, I'm I'm married well. She's got she's got a good spirit because I can see some of my exes would have been my birthday's ruined you know and it'd be like well we had fun before and we'll have fun after and you know and it's ruined yeah and like gary said and i thought of this too i I couldn't tell you what we did last time we went to eureka we had fun but we'll be talking we'll remember this shit we're old gray you know but anyway that was my trip to fredericksburg um and then i'm trying to think recently well um I, while you were at Disney, I went to the North Texas game day. Oh, yeah. And I had a lot of fun. Um, it was really great to get a chance to sit down and play a game. A lot of times I'm running a game there or, or wherever or running Long Con. But I got to play with uh, David, uh, you know, from Etten, David Donahue. And I got to play with um, our old buddy Joe. Uh, Dameron. Yeah, thank you. Drawing a blank there. And we had, we had a lot of fun. And there were some people at the table. Um, but it was great because I walked up and like, hey, come join us. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I was just walking by kind of spectating. And I've never got a chance to play a game with Bad Mike, and I really enjoyed it. It was fun. And you had your shadow Chris there the whole time, it looked like, from the pictures. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Were people calling him Eddie? <laughs> no, which, you know, anyway, uh, you, you would think. But it, it, it harkened back to something, I, not to brag, but I was really on point at the table. And it made me think about when we were playing DCC, my home campaign, Eddie's wizard hardly ever cast a spell, 
but he was still invaluable because he would just suss out these problems or don't touch that, leave that alone. Dungeon consultant. And I was going to say, I was at one point, Eddie was like, Eddie Bartlett, dungeon mm. consultant. And so I was definitely channeling, trying to channel some of that energy because Eddie's a shrewd player, and I'd like to think I can be too because there was times where like, hey, dude, I wouldn't charge in there with the 20 skeletons. Stay at the doorway. Use it as a choke point, you know, and it's like, huh, you know, or – I feel like that's becoming a lost art. And I was thinking about that. I didn't want to say it, but it's I'll a shame. It. Yeah, because it's like one point, hey, let's go over. Hey, before you approach the undead, let me feather one of the corpses thunk. Okay, it didn't move. Now go over to the corpses. You know, people don't. That's. I think that's like a, a lost skill from a bygone day or whatever. But anyway, I had a lot of fun. And it was interesting to play with some of the people at that table. So anyway, had had a great time. It was good to see some of those guys and we can all be laid back, you know. And on that note, I'm looking forward to our game day on the 30th of March. Mm-hmm. I think we've got a room rate if anybody's going to come out and stay. Yeah. Now, is it just Saturday for the room rate? No, no, I'm talking about yes, I the think game day. Game day is just Saturday, right? Yeah. Someone asked, what but about Sunday? But if you come up on Friday, mm-hmm. you might see some people haunting around up there. Uh-huh. And if you stay a little late on Sunday, Day. you might yeah. see some people hanging around. Yeah. But it's primarily just it's Saturday. Saturday. But if you want to get a room rate for Friday and or Sunday for some bizarre reason, then let me know and I'll talk to them about it. They can hook us up. And I'm sure they'd be tickle pink. You want to stay a few extra days. But I mentioned it passing a double R and he seemed interested. And I knew to make it worth his while, you know, he's hoping there might be some action. I said, yeah, Sunday morning there might be some action. So anyway, but oh I'm my. looking yeah, but I'm looking forward to that because kind of like it was fun to get to sit down and play a game with Mike and Gary. It's nice to be able to sit down and play a game because it's no, not scheduled. It's just bring a board game, bring a role-playing game, whoever wants to run. And it was great. We had There was never a lull. Like if someone's like, well, you guys want to do something? I'll run something. What you got? Okay. I mean, I got to kick the tires on Shadow Dark. A guy ran a game, a couple games of that there. I ran some CNC for people. I got to play some Kings of War. Uh, yeah, me and Matt Couch are going to try and run our new convention game. Oh. So we'll see. That's going to be built off the DCC engine, so it's not like, and then we'll kickstart it and you can get our book. This yeah. is just something where we're trying to do that kind of has the Dark Souls feel to it. Oh. So people can drop in and drop out, which... Uh, what is it? The Iron League? Yeah. That's been run at the Long Con a lot where mm-hmm. that kind of goes all weekend. It's sort of like that where it's like, what's something you can drop in and drop at people out and run it all con and not completely run yourself into the ground? So mm-hmm. we'll see. So we'd like to kick the tires on that there too. No, that'll be cool. Yeah, I knew you had some sort of deal there. So Mr. Eddie right now has got a lot of irons in the fire from what he was telling me earlier. <laughs> Um, I know that you've got what I thought was your super secret project. Yes. But can now, can people hear about it? No. Oh, goodness. No one could know. But yeah, there's a super secret project that I probably shouldn't say (laughs) has already been pitched to Goodman Games. Uh And I've got to tell everybody this, even though I don't know if I'm allowed to, but uh, Mr. Joe Goodman himself said that was probably the best pitch he's ever heard. Wow. So definitely patting myself on the back, over the moon, all that kind of over the clothes, over the skunk. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm definitely flying high with that compliment. And so we've actually got to meet with him at some point in the very near future, which I'm looking forward to. I'm very excited for you, man. That's awesome. 
And then uh, Dungeon Dwelling Creatures is still moving forward at that pace. (laughs) We love you, John. (laughs) But he's had a lot going on. Oh, yeah. In in his personal life and professional and whatever, I mean, yeah. A lot of stuff happening. Definitely save a good thought for John Watson, you know. And then uh, there's Meet Your Maker. Yeah, excited about that, Which is... Wrapping up soon, if I get all the art completed, I could have a, like my first print proof in March. I could have it at our game day. That'd be awesome. And I plan to have it at NTRPG and run a game or two of it. Cool. And then I plan on kickstarting it at the Long Con this year. Which is awesome. Because I think that's going to be our thing going forward if me and Matt have a project. Mm-hmm. And we'll rotate out unless somebody doesn't have a project. And then, mm-hmm. hooray, you get another year. Which I'm hoping to do. I'm going to probably DCCFI uh, mansions, which these days, I'm trying to remember, it's the Mance of Madness or whatever I want to call it. But we're still kicking around names. But you've heard me first talk about Mansion of Madness. I want to DCCFI that and see if I can make it a little weirder, you know, maybe a little funkier. But, uh, yeah, I want to get some play tests on that, some feedback. So I, I'm picking up. You know, if I ever get around to writing my little add-on to that, that could be the one that we do for year 10 or something. Yeah. And then that would, we would both have something. That would be cool. That would be the teamwork one. But Makes we'll the see. dream work. We'll see. We'll see how all yeah. that goes. So we, we've talked about long cons. Since we're mentioning, I will mention I have two reaver spots still open from my Kickstarter. You know, I had the tables and two of them filled up, but the third table, the Reaver table, has two spots left. If someone's interested in those Reaver spots where you get, like, a game custom ran by, I think that one was going to be Matt Couch, I believe. So I think that was you get being a game run by – my game ran by Matt Couch with his own cool style and twist on it. You get a copy of the module. You get a T-shirt. You're going to get all the – if you look at the, my Kickstarter for Caverns of the Dead God – there was the the Reaver tier. If you're interested, like I said, I got two spots. Reach out to me by email at eqskrogue at yahoo.com, and I'd be glad to hook you up if you're interested. And when are we going to start mailing this Kickstarter? It's going to be soon. Right now I've gotten the proof back. The proof looks good because with Lulu, I've gotten stuff from them before that was like off-cannered or misstapled or whatever. I want to make sure this first one looks good. Then I'm going to do the big order. And if those look good, and I'm going to look through every single one of them then because I want everybody to get a good pro- product. So I just, you know, we're there. That's the next step. But I promised it, you know, before, March or before. So we're still in, in a good space here, you know. And uh, I've, and for anybody that's like wondering, hey, what's the holdup on your bonus content? Well, I got everybody's stuff back in December, but one of my people's been a little busy you know and so i'm just now getting their content for the bonus stretch goal content so that ain't me folks for what it's worth but i'm going to get that out to you speaking of kickstarters oh uh of course a favorite of both mine and yours but only i was dumb enough to get suckered in lamentations of the flame princess Uh what about it so i got an email the other day that said something like Everything's on sale in our store right now. I'm like, thanks for that email. Because that is what makes me go and look 
and go, how far along is this uh, referee book now that we were supposed to have eons ago? What, a decade ago? Yeah. So now I think we just celebrated 11 years on October. Mm. 11 years. Well, that's a very reasonable time frame to get a product out, Eddie. But you think about like things that are famously delayed. Uh So it has now passed Chinese democracy. Yeah. By Guns N' Roses, where it was like, that's never coming out. Yeah. It's now taken longer than Chinese democracy. And so I think the next thing it has to work on is Duke Nukem forever. Uh-huh. I don't know uh-huh. if you remember when that was like, oh, everybody, yeah. oh, I waited forever. Yeah. So that's 14 years. Yeah. So he's in the pocket right now. Yeah. But pretty soon, before you know it, he'll have overtaken Duke Nukem forever. I love how people were are almost kind of like, what's the big deal? And I'm yeah, like, they're so apologetic for and him. And I'm like, really? Because, I mean, it's not like he's some charmer or something. It's like, you know, or maybe he is. I don't know. But it's like people are just giving him a hard pass when it's like, but I guess maybe they don't have money. How much money invested, you know? Uh, I think it's only like 30, 40 bucks. Oh, it's not that much. But, but still. still Give yeah. me a refund and, or, or give, give me, me a book and product. Yeah, excuse my French, but that's just that. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I feel you. So it, it's the principle. Yeah. So I want my money back. Give me my money. I really don't want the book. It should at least give me one or the other. Okay. But I can tell you, as soon as I get it, I'll sell it. Yeah. Or whatever, because I don't want it. I have no interest in it anymore. Yeah. yeah. What sucks is you were someone who was fairly passionate about his yeah. product. Yeah. I mean, you had a loyal fan, and you've completely alienated you to his uh, IP or whatever. Yeah. Because of the shenanigans, you know. Yeah. The yeah. only good thing is, and I think you've got this too, where it is a fear of not meeting a Kickstarter or not actually sending your product oh, out. Sure. You're like never. Yeah. I would always send my stuff out. Yeah. I want to send my stuff out as fast as possible because yeah. I would hate to be in that kind of. Yeah, I don't want to be that person, you know. But I think that this one really doesn't get a lot of noise because not a lot of people care. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe. such a niche of a niche of a niche. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what helps him in that regard. It'd be almost like if the guy who just did that DCM, whatever thing, what's his name, if he didn't fulfill after how much did it, you know, I don't know. Anyway, but still, it's it's talking about personal integrity, you know. Yeah. Anywho, and while we're on Kickstarter's, Uh-oh. DCC mm-hmm. has Goodman has quite a lot of Kickstarters out right now. Have you noticed that? Yeah, well, I know Purple Planet was one I was kind of excited about. Really? Yeah. Well, because I always love John Carter, which I'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah. So have you? played purple planet i've not played it i've not ran it because the thing was for a while there you you know they had made their box set years ago or or it was a loose collection of stuff themed around the purple planet you couldn't get your hands on if you did you'd pay a mint and so i don't like to get bootlegs and stuff like that just doesn't seem right that's out of respect for goodman and you know but they so they here comes a box set of it with some new content i'm kind of on the fence but you and i are both like ah too many kickstarters i only got so much money but I am kind of interested in that one. So are you doing the whole El Grande Purple Planet kick? I haven't done anything yet, but I'm entertaining the idea, which right now, these days for me, is saying something. How much is the El Grande, do you know? I haven't even looked. I'll be honest with you. Because as I understand it, it's like that core stuff uh-huh. in book form. Uh-huh. And eight other Kickstarters, where it's like a purple sorcerer has put out an adventure. Oh. And 
I can't even. Well, think. it's kind of like when they did MCC. They came out with the core book, and then they were like, they were smart enough, like right off the bat, for the people that like, I don't have any of the time or inclination to write adventures. Boom, we're giving you eight right out of the gate. They did like with MCC, uh, with Beatty's clever. You know, here's Weird Frontiers, and look, here's eight adventures to get you going. And maybe get your creative juices going eventually, but you know, to get you started. So are they doing something like that where here's the core book and about 10, 12 adventures to get you Yeah, going. I think it's eight adventures with eight different publishers. So there's eight Authors or publishers? Publishers. Oh. So what did I say? The first Purple, Purple Sorcerer, Sorcerer. Which is John Marr. Men or something like that. Uh-huh. But that doesn't necessarily mean he wrote it. Oh, it's just under his... Because Beatty he, has that one published I, under I think, Purple Sorcerer. we heard too. Mars has been having some health issues or something. God bless him. Yeah. Yeah. And then I can't remember all the other different individuals that are doing adventures, sadly. Uh, what about Brain Command? There. And I don't think he's doing one. Huh. Because you see his name on a lot of... But it's like, stuff. it's not authors, it's... Publishers. Different, com- different publishers are doing theirs all at this time. Oh, like probably Thick Skull. Yeah. Probably. I bet you they got their finger in the pie. I'm trying to think of some other ones. Anyway. Some of the other uh, Twitch shows. Oh, okay. Like the, what was the Old Men Gaming or whatever that, you remember that one show? Two Old Guys or whatever it was. Is that Tales from the Print Mines or something like that? No. I don't know. Anyway. I don't but know. a lot of those are doing it too. Okay, cool. But I think it's eight different Kickstarters that are going on. Or you might be able to go to Goodman and go, I'm kicking everything. And that kick kicks theirs. I have no idea how that works. That sounds a little convoluted. Yeah, it's weird. Okay. Well, you know. And I could definitely be saying it wrong. I am still <laughs> blurry-minded, and I have not well-researched it. Yeah. I just know that it's eight different publishers, and I can also tell you that's why you're not getting Horde Crawl classics. Because this eight different companies launching their Kickstarters at the same time is the Purple Planet Horde. Uh huh. So that's keeping us from using the Horde name. I knew there was Purple Planet and something about Horde was why we could not do it. So they didn't want to be confusing for people. Yeah. Well, maybe if you drag your feet long enough, it'll be distant from this. Hey, maybe you knows? could use the name then, you know. Who knows? Maybe who that's knows? the actual plan. That might be the secret plan. Here we go. And uh, it seemed like there was... Oh, it's also Zine Quest in February. Uh, true, yeah. So I, d- I couldn't tell you how many of those they've got going on. Hmm. And um. then I'm sure there are a couple of other third-party DCC Kickstarters going on at the moment. Oh, yeah. But I have said there needs to be a Kickstarter calendar mm-hmm. for DCC, MCC, et cetera, projects. Oh, yeah. Because if you have out... If you're a third party right now doing something for DCC, mm-hmm. I'm already seeing everybody go, Purple Planet's taking all my money. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you ran out into traffic on that one. It, yeah. You really could have got blindsided on this. Well, I remember when I at one point talked about doing mine in the spring, you were like, bruh, I'd get it out now because spring's probably going to be really busy. And you were right. So, yeah, very busy. Yeah. So, yeah, it's woof. First quarter. Right now, I am glad I do not have a Kickstarter active, and I do not know how much uh, notice. I would assume if you're going through the Goodman Games channels Mm -hmm. where they look at your stuff, they could go, hey, you do know we're going to be releasing some stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And then you could go like, oh, crap, I'm not putting my stuff out right now. Or you could go, eh, screw it. And what? Just get it out there. So, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff out right now. So 
your Goodman Games budget might be getting spent. Yeah. We'll see. Especially, it sounds like yours might be. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I've never played Purple Planet. I've never played Lankmar. You know what sucks is I bought all that. Land. I did the Kickstarter for it. I have all that stuff. Some of it's still in shrink wrap. And, I, and I'd love to run it because I love the books. Fritz Lieber's stories are so great. I, I was, in fact, we'll get to that in a minute too. I think I've but, played one Shutter Mountain. Yeah, oh, and see, I love, I played a few Shutter Mountains and I own that Shutter Mountain box set too. And it's neat stuff, but it's one of those things like there's not enough hours in the day kind of thing. Exactly. And that's where I'm like, and you know what? I, but here's, I'll tell you this. I've always been someone that I've got this overdeveloped sense of wanting to root for the underdog or the little guy. Well, back when Goodman Games and DCC was kind of definitely this company you never heard of. And I really like their game design. And, you know, I love to, you know, and I love helping a lot of these third party guys. But there's a certain point where I'm like, all right, now you need to slow down a little bit here, you mm -hmm. know. Well, in general, and you know I love me some Goodman games. Oh, absolutely. And I should watch my mouth right now since <laughs> I've got a pitch to Joe coming up. So this is just a general thought. Yeah. Not targeted at anyone. Yeah. But after you get past a certain size, uh -huh. maybe you get off of Kickstarter and Backer Kit and all those funding things because mm -hmm. you can afford to do it. Uh -huh. You can you can risk taking a chance. Like me, I you know if if I went out and bought it made a thousand copies of Caverns and then hoped to sell it and want want and just ate it. Yeah, I need Kickstarter. But if you're a company making seven figures plus, you can probably risk you know, printing something and whatever, promoting it. But it's, like I said, that's not just Goodman. No, I, think I wasn't even Paizo at Goodman. Yeah. And, uh, what's the uh, Call of Cthulhu? Oh, uh, 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 if you Put had you on the spot. That. Exactly. Yeah, no, um, oh, crap. I know it's on the tip of my tongue, but. Because I'm like, they've yeah. got their own con now, and I can't think of that. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I, I'm brain farting. Yeah, well, because also they brought back their old uh, role playing line, you know, or whatever. But ah, it's gonna bug me. But yeah, but there are lots of people do it. There's celebrities that do it. Like, I'm gonna make a movie. Well, but, you're a millionaire. Fund it yourself. Yeah. Well, that's like I was gonna say, Frog God Games. Every product they come out with isn't a Kickstarter. They just print their product, right? I think. I think they do some. I'm Maybe not some. Okay. So I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble with anybody. Exactly. Yeah. The, the few people that would be listening might be somebody from Frog Gods and somebody from Goodman. So. <laughs> Did you know hear what these jerks said? You know. Don't make any enemies. No. 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 Hey, I've there's respect all around. So we love you, but I think yeah, after you have a million in the bank or something, yeah. you have to get off. Or seven million in the bank, you know. Do you have $7 million in the bank that you didn't tell me about? No, but, you'd be, you know, you'd be surprised when you go on the Internet and type in what is a certain person's worth or what is a company's worth. What is Matt Gullett's worth? There you go. <laughs> you come up with negative numbers Shut for up. us, folks. Yeah. For both of us, I'll throw myself, I'll include <laughs> myself in there. So disparaging. Well, anyway, well, People think this podcast makes a lot of money. <laughs> I don't think anyone thinks People that. People think that we're rolling in the dough from this yeah. podcast. You're rolling in the dough with your skunk trips to Fredericksburg. <laughs> but <laughs> Mr. Moneybags. We yeah. can't even roll in enough uh, dough to get batter fried around here. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, I think I told you the story. Maybe I didn't. A while back, I went to St. Vincent's Mall for my mom. I didn't, I didn't even have my bulletproof vest with me. <laughs> but uh, I went into the mall there, and it just literally was depressing. Like, was there a mall mall? 
there's, it, I think it was on the verge of, of a mall mall. But I mean, the, the lot of vacant stores, what was there was some really janky poop. And uh, so it's been, that's been a while. Well, I went back the other day and I thought, you know, what a goof, there had been a game store at the far end of the mall from Dillard's, you know, the, the anchor of the mall anymore is the only thing is Dillard's. Okay. It's, when you say game store, are you talking about our kind of game store or? Anyway, so this was in the mall at St. Vincent's and a lot of things there were pretty low rent, kind of janky. So you we can't, you and I have had some private conversations about the viability of these little game stores that pop up. And it breaks our heart because we'll meet these people. They're good people. We like them. We endorse them. We encourage you to visit them. We'll mention on this podcast, you know, and how many of them fall to the wayside. So I thought, you know, I met the guy there. We talked for a little while, and I thought, what a nice guy. I said, but I, I thought, don't get too attached because they won't be here in six months. Anyway, here I come back about six months later. They're still there. Looks like they're doing pretty good. I talked to the guy. He's like, oh, yeah, we're doing all right. And I've seen that the mall's flourishing a little more. But anyway, so to give them a shout-out, if you're in Shreveport and it's daylight, <laughs> and you know, and you're over by St. Vincent's Mall, go check out Secondhand Soldiers. Um, they're hanging tough, you know. And I thought one thing I liked was as I looked around the store, I don't think I saw the first magic card, and I couldn't find any D&D. But I was going to tell you, prominently right on the shelf was Lorcana and Flesh and Blood and this one and that one, you know. Secondhand Soldiers. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a wargaming shop. Well, and I will say he has paints and he has miniatures and he has wargaming stuff too, for sure. But yet he's in a mall that already was kind of like, eh, this is a tough sell to get somebody in this mall, as bad as it looked six months ago. And here's a game store, and he's still there six months later. Uh, secondhand Soldiers in St. Vincent's Mall, if you're in the area, go check him out. Throw him a dollar. Why know. is it called Secondhand Soldiers? Probably because it's a wargaming store. Ah, ha, ha. I don't know, man. We didn't have that long to talk. Why not? My elderly mother was waiting in a hot vehicle. I didn't want her to. And, of course, I didn't leave the <sighs> AC running or the air radio going you for You solved all your problems right there. <laughs> yes, that's right, folks. On today's show, we advocate murdering the elderly. elderly. No. No, that's not Reduce cool. Reduce the surplus population. E even though you, you haven't met my mom. But anyway, haha. -ha. I uh, have. <laughs> I've met your mom. I know you've met her, but they haven't, oh. you know. I laughed somebody. I called to do it. That's not an endorsement. That <laughs> specifically, Matt's yeah. mom. She's a lovely lady. No, I, I laugh. I called recently, and I, I hate to say this, but it's the truth. I had to do a, a wellness check because I couldn't get her on the phone. And the woman goes, oh, you're Miss Sybil's son? Like, oh, we love her. And I'm like, you don't know her that well. <laughs> and the woman's like, aren't you calling to do a wellness check? I said, well, yeah, but... <laughs> So your mom's in the nursing home, right? Well, she's or is actually she in the she's in assisted these, living. She's not even that. She's in these apartments, but still, you know, like they have one of those help I fall and I can't get up fobs or whatever, you know. And so my mom's in the nursing home, yeah. and she's adjusted to it very well. Where it's like, go get me some water. Go go do this. Go do that. And I'm like, Ugh. fluff my pillow. Yeah. Yeah. What did you do when you were at home? Was there somebody waiting on you hand and foot? I don't think so. From what I've heard, no. Maybe the skunk under the house. <laughs> Spray me immediately. Yes, man. Ah, anyway. Skunk smarts, salutes smartly. <laughs> video podcast time. There you go. Yeah, we, we would have a million views if it was video. <laughs> um, so, yes, I'm happy that that guy is selling everything but Hasbro stuff. Mm -hmm. But how much better would he be doing if he sold that blah blah blah? And how much does his rent cost? Because he mall, had because he had what's the, the stuff you mall. like? Uh, Pokemans drugs. and all that. Stuff. <laughs> he had drugs probably. That's probably the secret uh, ingredient. Is is he probably has some fentanyl? 
That reminds me of the uh, great city of Marshall. <laughs> fine, was, fine. That metropolis. Where I was talking to some people there about, we used to have a bowling alley, but nobody supported it, so it went under. And But everybody was like, yeah, that's where everybody would go do drugs behind it. <laughs> and it'd be like, we used to have another theater. But that was where everybody would go drew drugs behind it. It was, it was like three or four different things that they used to have for entertainment. But everybody used to go behind it and do drugs. As I was say, we knew that Ollie was on the way out. Why? Because everyone was doing drugs behind it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Marshall, you've been slammed. Yeah, poor Take Marshall. That. Yeah. All right. You ready to get popping? No, I'm still talking about this guy with uh, secondhand soldiers. <laughs> We're done here, sir. Please change the name of the store. There you go. Because that does make me think war gaming. Absolutely, but you know any kind and of game store. Really, it makes me think the old fashioned war gaming, where it's oh, yeah, like yeah. I should have the little lead figures and, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hear you, but it's you. But you got to question the people then that. The, the thought process behind like, like, you know, I, I caught myself for the first six months saying dragon's nest instead of saying dragon's layer, no dragon's layer yeah, instead exactly. of dragon's nest, because it was like nest, dragon's nest, dragons don't turn in caves. Dragons have nests? I thought rocks have nests or griffins have nests. Yeah. A dragon has a nest, you know? Yeah. I've been to rock's nest. It's awful. <laughs> There's a slam for the other podcast. <laughs> Poor Rock, you, I, you know, you have my sympathies, Rock, <laughs> my deepest sympathies. That's where I specialized on the podcast is like having the other guy that's the blowhard and just <laughs> pop it, burst in their balloon. <laughs> I, I like he was, he was telling me earlier he relishes, he gets to just breeze in and do a oh, podcast yeah. and run. I was like, yeah, it's the opposite of this one. <laughs> I don't have to edit it. I don't have to set anything up. I just come in. Yeah swoop in drop my leavings and go there you go and that one for some reason it's fantastic i'm not like that one's so much better than this one because i mean this one will get x amount of listens and that one will get thousands of listens yeah, and it's like, yeah. is that one that exponentially better than this one yeah. how could it be i'm on both I was going to say, I'm not bitter, but. <laughs> bitter too. <laughs> but no, I, maybe videos that we talked forever about. Well, should we be doing this video? Maybe. Yeah, when you start doing the video editing. Exactly. This will be a video podcast. Yeah, because, yeah. Well, maybe I'll have to learn with all that spare time I have. Drugs and Marshall behind <laughs> that bowling alley. <laughs> Wait a minute. No one in Shreveport does drugs or exactly. vandalism. Or they don't even have theft. to go behind the bowling alley. <laughs> They're doing it out They're front. in front of the bowling alley. As you come into the bowling alley. Uh, like, you know, here, want to hit? Sure, why not? We've made a lot of fun of bowling today here on the podcast. <laughs> to any of those bowlers out there, I hope you're offended. I knew it. All right. Second and soldiers. Yeah. And Sant Vincent Mall. I remember that was a great prestigious mall Were any good comic books lately if i was opening a game store i would call it critical role definitely or the the d20 or something stupid like that <laughs> this is quite a day for podcast <laughs> i'm hoping we can alienate everyone this virus is angrying up the blood <laughs> Oh, my. But first, how about the long con? What about the long con? 
It's going forward. It's November 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, and the 19th. That is awesome. So pick any of those dates, show up, and we'll be there. More than likely. But most likely the, what, 9th through the 12th? I thought it was the 7th through the 10th or something, but somewhere around there. 7th through the 12th, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be around, what is it, usually on the weekend of uh, Veterans Day. Veterans Day. But I would bet your life on it that it's well, going to be. Yeah, nope. we just messaged the other day about this. So is it seven, eight, nine, ten? Seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, that's it. Because we're still going to do Thursday again. Yeah. Yes. All right. So seven, eight, nine, ten. Be there or be square. With our special guest, mm-hmm. Blue Alu. Yep. The rest of them just can take a hike. It's I all about Lou. About any of the exactly. I'm excited about Lou. Lou is Lou's a great guy. Yeah. Yep. Will you play some Dare Luck? Do I dare? I don't know. Do Will you? Will I press my luck? Exactly. Depends on what he's running. Exactly, yeah. And we might Precisely. have to do another fantastic podcast like this. Just like this. We could take Lou over to Secondhand Soldiers. <laughs> Let him scoff at their success. Because, I, I'm not willing to acknowledge or believe in your success, young man. We'll crack open the books. <laughs> It'll be like Bar Rescue for game stores. <laughs> Bust open the books and have a look. You're not selling any food or anything? Get out. No no fuzzy wuzzies from Japan? Get out of here. Yeah. Did he have fuzzy wuzzies? No. Funko Pops? I didn't see any Funko Pops. All right. Stock is rising. Yeah, exactly. Stock is rising. Right? See? So there you go. He had some battle tech. There you go. Single R would appreciate that. Yep. So to me. And the, the, the cult of battle tech. Bottle techers. Yeah, exactly. More like bottle tech. None of this is going in the podcast. Good. Excellent. We'll just delete all this out. Sounds good. All right. So uh, what do we get to now? Books. Uh, books. Books and comic books. Books, comic books. Ever read any good comic books lately? Yeah. How about you? Well, um, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but that Fafford and the Gray Mauser graphic novel. With yeah, the you did. Art by Mick, Mac, Mick Magnolia, whatever, Mike Magnolia. I'm still savoring it because it's a mm. good size graphic novel. And I've been reading the stories. And it, it's great. I really enjoy it. Other mm-hmm. than that. So. Has it been a month or more than a month since we've done one of these? I don't know. It's been a, it's been a while. So, yeah. Some of these are like, did I talk about this last time? Right, yeah. So, I don't think I talked about it last time, but it's mm-hmm. still part of the same Skybound Transformers comics. Yeah. So finally the Cobra Commander comic has come out. Oh. So that one was really good too. So if you're getting into this whole wow. Skybound Energon universe, uh, Cobra Commander was pretty good. And I guess somewhat of a spoilers, if you liked the G.I. Joe movie back in 1980, whatever, whatever yeah. then it does tie in a lot to the movie, surprisingly enough. Does it have Sergeant Slaughter? Not yet. Okay, not yet. Well, it's this is the Cobra Commander side of it. Right, right. So right now he's uh, left his home and went up into like Antarctica or something where he's got a certain transformer at his base. Oh, so they're tying that in. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's, I think, where they're going to get a bunch of their tech from. Well, they did have some pretty wild tech. Mm-hmm. All right. Any other books or comic books? I haven't read any 
books other than gaming books or whatever. I got in a, a The Undying War by Trolllord Games, mm-hmm. and they have a fifth edition version, I think, but they also have their Castle and Crusades, which I have, and it looks pretty good. It took a number of these modules they put out through the years, and they tied it in together as a unified story in a, in a book. It's really high quality. Artwork's great. Book's really well made. The Not the usual... Uh, typos you might would it's really well done well made i enjoyed that i read that i was reading that till the skunk attack happened you know i was reading a led zeppelin book on my disney trip oh. it's by marty poffoff or whatever and it's not that good it talks about all the different songs a little bit but it's not what i was hoping for but it was like a five dollar ollie's special uh yeah so, you get what get you, what pay you for. pay for yeah i remember when we were in high school reading hammer of the gods that was a cool book Yep. Really some neat stuff there. So, TV. Oh, I don't watch TV. so At all? No. I refuse. No, I just really, just, you know, nah. I'm behind the, time. the times, but I was finally started watching, uh, I think it's Norseman on Netflix. Oh, okay. Do you ever watch that one? I've heard of it. It's kind of like, what if The Office was Vikings? You're pulling my leg, I nope. hope. Really? Yep. So it's a comedy. Yep. Okay. And it's really pretty funny. Okay. All so right. there's That's only cool. like three seasons of it and probably six to ten episodes per season. So you can get, uh-huh. and it's like 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. Oh, so you can so really you can chew burn through it really fast. And I'll check I've it out. Burn through it really fast. And I'm kind of sad now. Yeah. The but ju- it's all done because uh-huh. it's like the typical Netflix three seasons and you're done. Yeah, and it's been it's kind of like oh that wrapped up in 2020 or something so I'm really behind the time on it oh wow and that's the shame of it is like some of these things that we go oh it's a little long in the tooth they're only what you said 20-30 minutes long yeah. so you probably wish they were longer but if they were would you like them as much yeah bite sized you have to wonder there's something to be said for that sometimes less is more anyway mm-hmm. alright so you that was all about the assicles yeah <laughs> So that was you talking about TV. Any other TV? Um, no, I'm sure there is some, but who remembers these things? That's the problem. So as far as movies go, and you've heard me talk about this one here before, I'm sure, but Heather, I recently convinced her to watch Fury Road. Oh, and yeah. And she loved it. She sat on the edge of the seat, biting her nails, just loved it. So afterwards, we got talking. I said, well, you know, it's a series. And she goes, what? And I said, well, yeah, there was Mad Max, you know, Road Warrior, um, I'm just going to ignore Thunderdome, you know, and then there was Fury what? Road. But um, what? You heard me. Are you trying to say we need to get beyond Thunderdome? I don't know, but we don't need another hero. Uh, but no, so I convinced her to watch The Road Warrior. Thunderdome and, is awesome. And I love Road Warrior. That's one of my all-time favorite movies. Literally as a kid. Just I, walk away. Yeah, I wore out that VHS tape, you know. Now, I heard you used to have a Lord Humongous costume. Is that true? This, true fact? This, this is true. This is true. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Double R used to uh, dress up as the little sidekick guy and ride with you, right? <laughs> Duh. Anyway, um, you can run, but you can't hide. But no. Anyway, she was not as impressed with Road Warriors Free Road, but whatever. Your mileage may vary. So she I, loved. Uh, oh, yeah. Love Fury, Fury Road. Road. 
And then the very first Road Warrior, is that what you're talking about? The well, very, is well, that no, the very the, first no, one? Well, there was, the there was one, Mad right? Max, and then there was Road yeah. Warrior. And we watched Road Warrior. And I remember talking to Chris, and he's like, Yo, you didn't lead in with Mad Max. And I said, no, because I, I tell you, you were what. Right. Yeah, and I will say this. If you go, they give you a little quick overview of what happened in Mad Max in about 10 minutes at the beginning of Road Warrior. That pretty much covers it. I mean, it's, I, Do you I, like Mad Max? It almost okay, seems it almost seems sacrilegious to say I don't. Being that I'm such a big fan of the Road Warrior, but <laughs> I, I appreciate Mad Max. But it's good, not great, in my humble there, opinion. Exactly. I mean, it's got some beats, and you're like, oh yeah. But there's parts where it's because of the time and the budget and all that, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, enjoyed the the Road Warrior, and she really loved Fury Road. And you know, the new the prequel Furiosa is due out this year after a lot of languishing and i'm down for it oh yeah me too me too um and speaking of the comics there was some furiosa and fury road comics that i highly recommend really and yeah. this is the first time here this is the first time hearing about this it's sir not, okay. people that listen to the podcast are gonna go didn't you listen to episode 27 when he talked about that yeah. no he had tuned out by then exactly i was you know way too inebriated um and then of course as i posted on facebook uh, heather and i and spencer watched john carter that damn movie is so good. It's one of those real travesties. It. It's real travesty that that didn't uh, get po properly publicized and advertised, and that they really—it's like they they put all the money and time into making a movie and then said, "We hope it dies." And yeah, I mean, it didn't. But it was a great movie, you know, a real missed opportunity. As much as you've praised that movie, I've never felt the urge to watch it. And that's fine. I mean, but that's—I mean—that's an additional factor against it why it didn't do well it just yeah. i don't know yeah and john when, carter of mars they could have came up with a better title don't you think but that's the actual name of the book but i mean <laughs> i hear they you zooshed it up or I, I hear you but i don't know i mean i guess they were tying into the, the handful of people like me that read those books as a kid because edgar rice burroughs wrote those books this is the same guy that wrote tarzan and you know the tarzan books were phenomenally popular and also the movies because back in the whenever black and white Tarzan movies were made and since it was a lot easier to make a movie about a dude living with apes swinging on vines this movie can never be made because the CGI wasn't there for the Tharks you know the big green forearmed aliens well now the CGI is there but the problem is so many uh, people that made movies had stole so much of the concepts from this it's like the idiots mm -hmm. that would watch it and go well they stole this from Star Wars and blip blip no no Star Wars and blip blip whatever stole from John Carter those concepts came out of those great books, you know, and unfortunately it, by the time the movies get made, it's like maybe the moments passed or something, but still, yeah. Anyway, I, I think it's great. I really enjoy it. I know some people comment under my post like, Oh, I love that movie. Or, oh, it's a travesty. They didn't make more of those. You know, Mr. Grumpy himself, Bill Barsh was like, Oh, I love that movie. It's the best thing since sliced bread. So, I mean, you know, if he's Which praising is another it, reason not to watch it, <laughs> Ah, you're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. Anyway, all right. So, any any movies for you lately? I might have mentioned this already, so you can can correct me. Did I say I had watched John Wick? No, I don't think so. Because you know, it's funny. Those are so popular, and I'm gonna tell them myself. I had not watched the first one. I had not watched the first one until a, maybe a month ago. Uh huh. And then now you're like you've devoured them. Yeah, I think there's 
four out and three of them are on Netflix. Yeah, and I think there's like one more coming or something. Like they can't make enough of these. Well, it's like printing money, it sounds like. So I, I've i watched all three of them now, so I can't really go like, I didn't really like it that much. Apparently you liked it enough to watch all three. Uh-huh. So. But I like the lore of the world yeah. more than I like what's actually going on. Like uh, there's these, uh, it's all the... Like criminal underground or something. Yeah. yeah. So there's the hotel that they can't fight at. Yeah. It's so like, if somebody is trying to shoot you in the face, some other hitman's coming after you. If you get to that hotel, you're safe. They you're can't. You're going holy to ground for for assassins, so to speak. Yeah. As much as I haven't watched the movies, living out in the world that we do and running in the circles we do on social media, I've heard enough of these concepts. I totally, I'm, I track what you're saying, even though I've never seen the movies that, yeah. And I, and they have the little gold coins, mm-hmm. which are how you pay for all your services and stuff. It's not like, I'll give you a million dollars. It's like, you get one of these gold coins because that's their currency. Hmm. And so it was really cool. And I would like to steal all those concepts into an RPG. There you go. But I watch those movies more for the lore type stuff than I did for all the big action scenes. So it's kind of, did you get into uh, the Born Identity back in the day? Oh, absolutely. And initially, I, everyone was crazy about them. They were on about the second, third one before I said, all right, let me check this out. And I went, hey, I really, you know, those are good movies. I enjoyed them. But still, like you say, it was more about the what's going on behind the scenes and the actual punching and kicking and shooting or whatever. But I was thinking about it the other day, and you've got to think just how many fights and how much fight choreography oh yeah keanu has gone through oh sure and you got those and he's not a young man anymore yeah but like in his career and Mm -hmm. bill and ted's Mm -hmm. he was doing a lot of ninjutsu i think you're so funny thank you save some of those fake laughs for me (laughs) it's better when i can edit in laughs wherever i want (laughs) you nerky this podcast isn't coming out yeah, so, good, deal, uh, good deal. That was the John Wicks were pretty good. Well, good. I might I might have to break down and if you like check Born Identity, that's the thing I would compare it to the most as far as like, do you want to see some dude whipping people's asses for ninety minutes? Yeah. This is for you. This is for you with cool gun stuff or whatever. Um, so you've been on me forever to. Get a PS5. I finally broke down after we went out to lunch the other day and bought a PS5. Now that's some secret keeping. Yeah. I went by games to go and I traded in one of my Castle Grey Skulls and they gave me a little bit of uh, store trade for it. Well, you gave me the idea. Yeah. To do well, it. no, I'm curious now. How much yeah. did you get? Well, Ish. let's just say under 50. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Above 20. Yeah. Only because I mentioned you like your that? name. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But anyway. Nah, nah. But old boy that we know from Interstate was there, and he and I got to – he was shoving a sandwich in his mouth at one hand, and we're talking. And uh, I said, what will you give me for this? And he goes, ah, I'll give you – you, it's funny how you guess. First he said 20. I said store credit. He goes, eh, I'll do 25. And so then I said, all right, I want – I point up on the shelf. I want that PS5 right there. And he was like, what? You know, and so there you go. So I brought it home and plugged it in, and I played the poop out of uh, <laughs> Skyrim. So you got a used Yeah, it was PlayStation used. 5. It's used. That's but, like marrying a hooker. Right. No, it's I'm awesome. kidding, I'm kidding. But no, but this I mean podcast not coming out. But I got an actual We're having a good time. Yeah. I, I got a, a good deal on it, you know, especially with that little trade in. Probably not. Okay. Whatever. 
Stop harassing me. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, I have a PS5 now. So Okay, but in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. if you didn't have that credit and I give it to you that you had that credit, uh-huh. did you pay, was there much difference in the price not between huge, used and new? I didn't think I, so. No, not really. But that's how these people operate, unfortunately. But I like those guys. I don't think they would you know, sell me some junk or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's they, quality. They, they, they guarantee it for 60 days and all that, and it's been working fine so far. So Now the next thing to do is to take off all the white stuff uh-huh. and put those new black cool enclosure things on it the plates oh so you can actually do some uh what do you call it um customization some customization or yeah because i was sitting here going what's all this you know yeah i hate the whites yeah me too i in fact i was, I was like doesn't this thing come in black or something and see you, you, know, you got spoiled looking at mine and yeah, whatever well yours over there's i have two i know your honor for the record i would like to say state i have two ps5s Fives, yeah one's for my wife yeah, but I, and it's funny was Heather it encouraged me and then you encouraged me by hell forever. You've been like, get it. So yeah, I finally got one. But it's funny. Is, I was like, what PS5 games do you have? None. But I've been, I tell you what, when I loaded in the PS4, it said for free, we're going to give you the PS5 upgrade. And I went, oh, sweet. So I've been playing and it gave me a reason to make a new character. So yeah, I've been having some fun playing yet yeah, again. Good old Skyrim. And, and Gary and I were comparing notes on the way to driving to Fredericksburg and he confessed he had been playing PS, uh, Skyrim on his PS as well. I was like, really? Mm. Yeah, but I mean, it's just, you, you keep coming back to that game I have because with all the modules and things you can download, the ex- bonus content, it almost, I won't say it makes it a new game, but there's whole cloth like, people have created, what do you call them, add-on mm-hmm. modules that will add so much content, you could play on that for you know a week or so. It's like all new, like a whole new region or a little island you can travel to. I don't think I've played Skyrim since the last expansion stuff came out. Wow. Well, that was like the Dragonborn and the thing with the little kids, the orphans you can adopt and all that and stuff. You build your own house. Exactly. Yeah. And I love some Skyrim, but yeah, I haven't picked it back up. That's one that I haven't, but like mm-hmm. Minecraft, I think we were talking mm-hmm. about that the other day. It's like, yeah. eh, I'll play Minecraft every so often. I'll get the itch or I'll see like, it's got this update now. And I'm like, oh, this update? Yeah. Okay. I'll come check it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, anyways. What about um, just while we're wasting people's time here? Sure. Starfield or whatever. Isn't that the new one? I have zero interest in that. Teach their own. My nephew, we met it at, gosh, how long? It seemed like it was the other day, but it was like Thanksgiving or something. It was whenever Christopher and the girl. Anyway, but yeah, my, my one nephew that I'm really close with, he just raved about Starfield. And I said, you know, that one's really not gotten that much acclaim from critics or the public. And he mm-hmm. said, they just don't understand how to play it. And I'm like, okay, really? Do you know how you sound? But he said, if you go into it with the right mindset, and I'm like, okay, you know. Yeah, he, so, I mean, he's one person. He, he likes it. He's playing it. So, But now I have zero interest in that. That's what kills me. All the time energy put in something like that, that I could care less about. I'm like, would you get off your butts and make the next fallout? But I'm hearing it might be 10 years like mm-hmm. I'm like, will I live to see you know, Fallout Five? You know, it's like, and I'm like, and when's the next ESO? Yeah, or and I th- just ES because I think that comes first or whatever. So it's like, good lord, you know. And with some of the stuff they've come out with, it's like, do you guys still have the magic anymore? Because what kills me is um, Microsoft has obscene amounts of money. 
gaming makes video gaming makes way more money than the music industry or this industry or the, or the, the movie, you know, whatever industry it's like, so the money's out there, chase the money, go hire whole cloth, a whole nother team, call together the brightest minds and these young innovators with some really cool concepts and get them all together and get them to work. And it's not like we got one team, they focus on ESO and then we'll focus. On. No, get another team. You've got the money, get it done. You know, I don't understand why it's like we have this one team and going to work on one project at a time. And it's like, so we're going to wait 20 years before you'll get this beloved next installment of your franchise. Like, or better yet, like, uh, what do you call it where you send it out of house? Like uh, the guys who've been doing the outer worlds, that's, mm -hmm. that's the original black Isle black eye guy, black Isle guys. And outer worlds is pretty fun. I yep. played that on PS4. It's a lot of fun. Um, I let somebody play one of my kids or something. He's like, this is a lot of fun, dad. I'm like, yeah. So those guys are still sharp and have some great ideas. You know, like they did new Vegas. How about say, Hey guys, you guys want to work on this for us? You know, we'll, You'll get your taste of it, but let them do the work or whatever. I bet they jump on that in a heartbeat. Yeah. About anyone. So the wait continues. Yeah, it's aggravating. Will it come out before um, Lamentations of the Flame Princess referee book? <laughs> That's what the people want to know. Uh, that ship has sailed as far as I'm that concerned. That ship has sunk. Yeah, right. All right. Well, that was video games. Yep. Board games. Oh, board games? What about board games? You got any board games? We've been putting those in there sometimes. Yeah. What, I think I've already mentioned, you know, I've been playing Dungeon Degenerates. I played a, a little bit of that here, a little bit of that there. You degenerate. You degenerates. I just got in the game 20 Strong, which okay. I'll be doing a demo of next weekend. Cool. And It looks interesting. It is. So the 20 Strong is for 20 Dice that okay. you have. Okay. So three of them are kind of stat dice, and then the other 17 are attack dice. So it's an interesting concept, and it's solo play. Uh, but could you play it with someone else if you wanted to? No. It's strictly solo play. Yeah. Interesting. Now, if we sat there and took turns, and we'll think about this together, and we'll make our decisions, sure. Sure. Yeah. But it was really meant... For one person. Solo you, play is on the rise. Yeah. Well, because you, you look at things like, you know, a while back I drug out my old buddy, God rest his soul, Phil Lawyer's, uh, you know, Cthulhu card game or whatever. That one, you can play it solo or you can play it with two people or three or four or six or whatever. So I like that it's got that scalability. Like, I don't know if I get someone to play. Ah, hell, I want to learn the game. I'll play on my own. Yep. Or it's like even that, that Dungeon Degenerates. I played a game by myself to learn it to show it to other people. But this is strictly made with solo. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, the 20 strong, I guess the way to say it is it's a system. Mm -hmm. You get the 20 dice. You get a very nice case for all of it. And it comes with Solar Sentinels. That's the first game. So if you like oh. had the Nintendo, it comes with Mario Brothers. So there's 20 strong that comes with Celestial. So, yeah. Okay. And then I've also got Too Many Bones and Victorium or something like that. Which are still these other yeah. formats using the engine, which is 20 Strong. Yep. Okay, okay. So it's like, if you want to play these other ones, they're, I guess, not expansions. They're other games. It's kind of like, well, if you want to play Mario Brothers 2, you still have to own the Nintendo to play it on. Mm -hmm. 
but it's not an expansion to where it's like, oh, this one adds to that. But they do have hero characters in there that you're playing. Okay. And some hero characters are universal heroes, so mm. they can go into the different games. Oh, wow. So if you had a medieval game, you could bring your mech from Solar Sentinels into it. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, it's a cool idea. So we shall see how it turns out. It's been pretty interesting so far. Sometimes I'm like, this is pretty good. And sometimes I'm like, <laughs> uh, we played a game last night and where you say, can you play it just solo? Mm-hmm. My wife played it while I guided her since I'm going to have to demo this. Mm-hmm. And it took us about an hour and 45 or something. That's not a good selling point. Nope. And I think the box is like, 30 to 40 minutes and after you've got after you've learned it Mm -hmm. maybe maybe so it but i mean for like a good value if you Mm -hmm. want something that takes some time Mm -hmm. and it's a solo player so you could walk away from it and come back whenever you want yeah it's not like you're holding somebody up yeah so so let me know review to come but so far so good i mean it's a really beautiful setup I mean, from here I'm looking, and does it have one of those layout mat kind of things, or is that another mat? I'm no, saying? that would be that would be cool if they could do that. Hmm. And I wonder if that's just not cost effective. But you know, they could even do one of those little folded pieces of paper like we got with our Dragon Ball one that's got the layout yeah. on a little thin, that you know, glossy. Be, that wouldn't be a bad that idea. That wouldn't at cost all. anything. It would really help. And the learn. mat you see is for Dragon Ball Super. Oh, there we I go. Think, do you have one just like that? Maybe I have one. the one with the dragon. I think or one similar. Because those guys at PV, again, talking about game stores that didn't make it, great, great, nice people. Yep. I walked in talking about, I'm interested in learning this. They're like, here, have a mat. And I'm like, wow, thanks. I mean, super nice people. Yeah, I hate they didn't make it. But, yeah, yeah, I have a mat, but I can't remember what's on it. Well, you may see them again. Who knows? Hopefully. Um, what I have on here now is mm-hmm. RPGs. Mm-hmm. So do we have anything RPG related that we need to talk about. I will mention that as of I think today or yesterday, whenever uh, Dragon Slayer the RPG has finally hit its oh, yeah, on yeah, yeah. drive through RPG, and so if you want to get the PDF or the full book, you can you know get it printed or whatever. And uh, you know, I've so far there's some good buzz. So I haven't had a chance to look at it, but when I do, I'll let you guys know what I think of it, but I think it's still probably Mr. Gillespie's Dr. Gillespie's spin on BX or whatever. So we'll, we'll see, you know, if there's anything really original or different or something in there. I know one thing I hear is it's like a lot of pages cause it's large font, which is for all of us old timers that are like, you know, trying to go back and read those old D and D books and you're like, I'm going blind, you know? And uh, that's why we loved Osric. It, it was form like it put the information in a more logical Yep format and a nice font that's very easy on the eye and uh i think so i've heard also he definitely big print a lot of really invocative artwork like he really didn't skimp on the artwork in it so but as far as the dynamic of play like is it just kind of like ose and it's just bx in a better font and format i don't know we'll see so that's that as far as rpgs there's that and I did mention a minute ago that I had gotten in The Undying War, which is a campaign in a book. And it's five or six different adventures that are themed and tied together. I give, I've been reading on that one. I'll give that my, my seal of endorsement. And if you're a five-year, they have it, I think, in that format. If you're an OSR, they have that. So, 
Anyway, any RPGs for you? Uh, no, but did you want to tell any tales from the table? Because you've been running some castles and crusaders, and we've Absolutely. just started some swords and wizardry. Or not swords and wizardry. See, there's the cold folks. Yeah. Savage Worlds. Savage Worlds Pathfinder. And uh, we're doing an adventure path. Gary's running us, Double R's running us on um, the Crimson Throne. And so that's an adventure path. So you're on rails. And that's something that historically, you know, we playfully scoff at being on rails. But it is what it is. The first session of that, I really enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun. I think most everybody did. Um, as far as Castles and Crusades, it's funny. I, it, it made me think about you when we did these uh, old uh, living grog modules before I remember handing them off to everybody that was running, which is me, you and Gary for the first year and a half. And you'd come back to me and go, you know, that's a pretty good adventure. But you said, what I really like is I'm engrossed by the story and all the stuff they give you in it, this backdrop that the players don't know and probably will never even know. So really it's kind of superfluous, but it really made it interesting and engaging to read these adventures because they really tied it into the lore of the world, Greyhawk. And I remember you commenting like, I love reading all the, the backstory of what's going on behind the scenes of the adventure. And I and so I was I've been running these lately and I thought, hell yeah, it's like Eddie said, I really love the lore and the backs the backstory that the players don't really get. Like a know. lot of adventures read very dry. I, yeah. Whereas this one's kind of telling you a story as it goes and you're learning, oh, well, the reason this guy is doing that is X. And you're like, ah, oh. but yeah. the players will have to discover that or maybe it's something that they'll never know. Yeah, some of this is information they really don't have a chance to learn or they probably won't in the four-hour time slot you have. But I will say, uh, I think there's probably a genius there that if you're that excited and engaged with the story and the concepts that might come across in you running it for the players. Or if there's a shrewd player that thinks to question, well, I wonder why the assassin's trying to kill us. And you kind of go, ah, you know, like, yeah, lean into that guy. They might learn some of this stuff, you know, and it is great in that it was a living campaign. So all this stuff kind of tied back, you know, but anyway, so yeah, that's, but as far as the CNC, we've gained a number of new players and I've really enjoyed gaming with them. And it's fun to get that, that new energy. You know what I mean? Um, and I, But this, I will say one little story. It's only because you asked that at the like end it. of the last session, one of my players who might be newer to gaming, you know, not new, but newer or whatever, he's playing a barbarian and he kind of hung back and I could tell he like, he wanted to, to chat about something. So I'm, as I'm packing up, I'm like, Hey, what's up? You know? And he said, well, a minute ago in the game, when my barbarian did the thing, he's like, like, was I supposed to do that? Was I allowed to do that? You know? And I said, well, I said, did it seem to make sense that your barbarian could do that? Well, yeah. It made sense to you and me and seemed to the table. Was it effective? Yeah. Did it break the game? No. Did we have fun? Yeah. Did it have kind of a, a cool factor? Uh-huh. I said, then yeah, we did it right. And I think you, I saw like the light bulb come on. That, and that's what I love about... Like some people will throw bones at some, uh, disparage these older games that they don't codify and qualify everything you can or can't do and for people that need that i get it but a lot of those extraneous extra rules are very limiting for players and game masters when you don't have those there you fill in the blanks and that's i think where the magic happens mm -hmm. and i think this guy really like he loved that that in the moment he's like hey can my barbarian do this thing and i'm like that sounds reasonable you rule of cool you know and and so anyway yeah all right well, that's great. Yeah. 
So we're having a lot of fun. I see we've got somebody new-ish again tonight. I mm. think it's that guy that's helped out at our con, got the beard, glasses. Yeah, I just described half our yeah, con. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Is but, he a chubby white guy? Yeah. <laughs> again, that really narrows it down. But I was going to say, I would, Husky, we'll say. But I know that I've seen him at uh, Papa John's tables, I think. If this is the same guy, I think it is. Anyway, I think I've, I've he's he's never joined us before, but now because I've kept saying CNC is basically D and D, CNC is basically D and D. That's what's helped garner some new players because it really I love even James the table. Literally, somebody said, "Dude, this is basically, yeah." I mean, are you rolling a D twenty? Yeah. Are there goblins and long swords? There you go. Are there lightning bolts and magic missiles and shit? You know. Yeah, you're you're you know. Are the sats strength intelligence wisdom? Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, we've been having some fun. I'm hoping to see it grow some more, and you know, me too. Yeah. Um. So we had talked about this historically was a gaming podcast, and we've kind of, <laughs> yeah, we've gotten away from that a little bit. So we used to always have a topic at the end. So for what it's worth, we do have a topic. You know which was uh, a first campaign or starting a new campaign. Okay. Yeah, because what we, there was an article that came out in some, you know, reputable online magazine or whatever, or, or newspaper, somebody, I remember it was a year or two ago about there is a, a shortage of people, everybody wants to play D&D or games, but nobody wants to run it. And like we said, I think a lot of people are intimidated. So one of it might be this. So if this this if you're daunted, don't be. There are a lot of resources out there on the internet. And so if you or I were going to start a new campaign, what what would we do? So there's probably <laughs> you're like here comes the smart ass reply. Uh-huh. <laughs> you do it. It's like <laughs> first I'd go out behind the bowling alley and marshal. <laughs> And get some inspiration <laughs> and think about what I wanted this world to be about. Because this is going to be a fantasy world. This is going to be a sci-fi, so the setting. Yeah. And I love, because my thing was, here's what genre. So see, look at that. He's on the other side of the table. He can't see what, what my notes are. <laughs> but yeah, first you got to decide what genre. So are we doing sci-fi, post-APOC, fantasy? What flavor of fantasy? Um, and so... And when I say what system, I want to say I would caveat, make your life easier. Again, if you're daunted as a as a game master, judge, whatever you want to call your role there, um, remember, you're the one doing the lion's share of the work. And I hate to say work because, again, that's an off-putting word for some people. <clears throat> Don't think of it as work. It's, it should be fun. And if it's not, well, then you need to really think about that. And I know your players might go, well, I really like system X or Y or Z. You pick, you have the, the highest say in that. As the person running the game, you need to do what's going to be the easiest thing for you to write adventures in and run adventures in. And you're going to have those people that are going, well, I really prefer Z. And that's what I'd politely try not to be a smart ass and go, well, why don't you run something in that? We'll get a chance to play. Wouldn't that be nice? And I bet you they'll shut the hell up and sit down and that'll be the end of that, you know. But anyway, so... You know, after you've come up with your genre, what would you want to do next? So you've got your genre, and you kind of talked about your system System. there. Yeah, to run the game in. So I will reiterate that if the GM is hot for the system, and you may not be, Mm -hmm. it's a lot better to have the GM excited about it than try and be like, no, I'm only going to play if we play 5th edition, My Little Pony, Deluxe Edition. It has mm-hmm. to be deluxe edition, so you get all the rules. Mm-hmm. You just play the regular edition, and you're like, okay. 
Now yeah. the GM is going to go shoot themselves. Exactly. I mean, so one thing I learned when we were kids, if somebody had a fire in their belly for something, that's going to come across and it's probably going to be fun and give it a chance. The it's going to be better. Yeah. I've learned a lot of systems because double R I discovered, you know, champions, this, that, whatever. And I would give it a whirl and more times than not, I, I had a great time, you know, whatever. Now, when it was my turn to run was I, sometimes I said, I kind of like that system. And sometimes it's like, hey, there's no way in hell I'd run that system. But you know, um, you know, try to be reasonable and, and flexible or, or something. But that's one thing I will say, the older I get, that one of the charms in recent years of Savage Worlds is once you learn the core system, it's not that difficult to learn. You There's all kind of genre books for it because I will say I am getting to be that old dog that I'm like, oh, my God, not another rule system. You know, I really am getting to be that old dog. So that is a little plug for Savage Worlds. But ultimately, again, during a session zero, you might could vet it. But that's one of the things I won't even mention with the sessions here. I'd go, no, you as the game master, the lot of the share, because as a player, just shut up. It's not that hard. It's just not, you know. But as the game master, that's where the real work lies. Pick the setting that's going to be the easiest for you to work with as a tool. Anyway, that's me. You know, so, so then it's like, what world? Yep. Okay. So would it be your own or published material? Anything else you would add to that? It depends on Step. how much time you have, right? Exactly. And that's one of the things, again, there's people go, well, I really wish this was a something bespoke that was tailored to this and that. We're adults, man. You know, we've got hobbies and interests and significant others and jobs and children. And, you know, if, if you've got the time for that, man, that's awesome that you can make something tailored to the characters. And there's even ways you could take published material and with a little work, tailor it, you know. But that's, that, that's where I... I fall on that yeah and especially if it's handmade and handcrafted and homebrewed and you have yeah. people that have a tendency to walk up to the dungeon and then go to the other direction <laughs> and i was going to touch on that but yeah um so then it would be like sandbox or mission-based mission-based and that and that could be the thing you know so, uh, old school was more depends on who i'm playing with exactly there's that too and who's running it but what if you don't understand those concepts and i'm sure you do most all of you would but like sandbox i think of the old school days where you might develop the area around where the campaign starts and as the players wander in a given direction like eddie's saying you're you also need to step up and start fleshing out that area they've wandered towards um, and you just let the players wander. And then there's a lot of improvisation. There's a lot of rolling on charts in a moment where they're like, oh, they wandered into a new spot and I'm not prepared. And if you're not really strong in improvisation, and it's okay if you're not, here's the great part. You go, guys, take five, take a beat. You go over here, ran, roll a couple of times on some random charts to get you that spark, flip, blip, you blow on it, you know, flesh it out real quick in your mind and go, all right, I got something to work with. Call them back to the table, play that out, and then go, all right, let's call it a day. And then you can go back and properly, you know, flesh it out more. If that seems incredibly daunting, great. Do mission-based, like Eddie said. I, we have a game club, and we don't know who's going to show up on any given night with what kind of characters. I can't hope to have something tailor-made, and I don't necessarily would want to do something improvisational with that. So we have got these old LG modules that's a set adventure that I know can be played in about a three, four hour time block. And it is what it is. If there's people that'd be like, well, I wish, yeah, I hear you, but you got you sometimes you got to get what you can get. And this is what's and it's, So it's mission based. You have a set defined mission. You got three, four hours to accomplish it. So you could do that week after week or however often you and your 
you know, people want to meet. Anything else you'd elaborate on that? Uh, in your session zero, see what people want. Because a lot of people will say, I want a sandbox where I can do whatever. But when it actually comes down to it, they'll be like, what am I supposed to be doing? Or analysis okay, here's paralysis. Your, here's your mission. Yeah. And so here's really. your glowing neon sign to some, say, go this way. And you're right about that. I was going to touch on that. But, yeah, there's people that will say all that stuff or, or whatever. Or that's what they want. But ultimately, it's analysis paralysis in the moment. They're just waiting around for somebody to make a decision or lead them by the nose. Um, so really mission based can be, it can be easier for you. And again, this is what's in your comfort zone as the person has to do all this. If it's sandbox, where's your hub, a patron's fortress, a tavern, a player's base. And so I, I think back on through the years of gaming, one buddy of mine had never, he'd always been a player, never a GM. Me and double R took turns running something and he was just that constant player. But at one point he got to a point where without any prodding from us, he said, I'm ready to, to run a game. And we're like, oh, wow. And so what was brilliant of him, and this is him by making his life easier without anyone teaching him this, he, we had a patron. So it was brilliant. Every week we'd show up and we'd go to the Tower of the Wizard. It was, there's the little village nearby with the tavern that we're drinking and spending all of our ill-gotten you know, coin on good times and ale or whatever. And we'd get the courier, uh, your presence needed at the Wizard's Tower. We'd show up and he'd go, here, I want you to go to the Swamp of No Hope. Therein is the Cavern of Death. There's this one tome in there, the Tome of Incredible Power and Wisdom or whatever. Bring that back. Anything else you find is yours. And we'd be like, all right. And then, you know, there's your adventure. There's mm -hmm. your mission. Cut and dried, super easy. You know, and I think once or twice, he might have got really creative in the meantime and was like, you can either go to the Swamp of No Hope or the Chasm of, you know, Chafing or whatever. And so you had a choice, but still. You had a mission. Here's where you go. Pick. Um, I like that. I'll say, and it would think about it, it was really easy on him, but you could even have, uh, if it's a sandbox, a tavern where the party kind of draws back to in that little village, they can spend their coin, buy some supplies, and you could ultimately um, have people there drop rumors or hints. But as I learned with my <clears throat> DCC home campaign, I thought what I called threads, and that was all these rumors and hints, but it seemed like sometimes for some of the players, it was kind of like they were overwhelmed. It was analysis paralysis. Like I thought, how cool would it be to have the freedom to just follow up on any one of those leads? And they were like, well, uh, uh, do we follow that lead? And they look at me for some sort of hint and I'll be over here going, trying like trying to be as just stone faced, like, no, I'm not going to give you any kind of hint. There's not, there's no wrong answers here. You know, and there were some wrong answers. There was somewhere they really weren't the appropriate level, but I wanted that old school. Oops. You, you went somewhere you probably shouldn't have and you're fighting stuff. You probably shouldn't, but mm. I, I wanted that old school experience. Some people might not relish that, but anyway, um, so there's that. And then, like I said, player base, seems like I played some games where eventually the players had their own cavern or conquered fortress, but you had that, still that base of operations to work from as a central hub, you know, um, Gary's running this on and what would you say about that? Would you elaborate on any of that? You ran a very successful sandbox. It was quite successful. Yeah. And a lot of fun. <clears throat> One thing I will say is, uh, when we did, what was it? Keep off the borderlands. Yeah. That one started out at the beginning where I'm like, this is a sandbox. This is a for real sandbox. Mm. And they were like, really? Yay. Let's run around and do random encounters. Mm -hmm. And we did that for about two sessions. Mm -hmm. 
And then it was like, okay, I'm ready for a story. And I'm like, okay, the story is go there to the, what are those, the caverns of, caverns of chaos. chaos. Yeah. It's like, okay, now go to the caverns of chaos and that's where you'll start picking up a storyline. Yeah. But that was like, it's a sandbox until you don't want it to be a sandbox. And then, bing, 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 yeah. here's a mission. So yeah, keep we an kept eye out for wandering that. the countryside. And I know where the caverns are. So I'm sitting on my hands and being mum because I've owned it and ran it how many times through the years. But a lot of these people newer to gaming or younger, you know, folk who had never played it, we kept wandering the countryside fighting like giant crayfish and. Like we went into some bandit camp where we almost got the living crap kicked out of us before like Eddie was, we, people were kind of like, some of us were kind of like, okay, okay, I'm getting tired of all the random encounters. And he's like, we'll get to the caverns. And it's like, well, we got to find them or something. Yeah. But it was, yeah. You're was, the it, one yeah. randomly wondering. Exactly. And I was kind of going with the flow, trying to be a, a cool cat in that regard. But we had some cool stories from that. Like absolutely. the little phase rabbit. Yeah. That was cool. That uh, Cody made enemies of. <laughs> Which was hilarious. And he would randomly pop up and stuff after that. Like, uh-huh. you killed one of those rabbits and now they're after you. And I'll never forget, this is the kind of stuff that aggravates me. But I try to be a good sport and would not be the <laughs> dungeon drill sergeant I've been <clears throat> made out to be sometimes. Mm-hmm. And But there's a reason for that. But anyway, we were outside some, yeah, we finally got to the Caverns of Chaos. And at one point, we st- literally sat in real world time, like 30, 45 minutes of game time, kibitzing, cajoling, and trying to convince and working out roles and what the decision was. We were going to blitzkrieg into this entrance. And after all that time and all that energy, within the very first round of the encounter, it all went off the rails and everyone yep. went went off and decided they were going to do something completely different in the moment. And the GM laughed and laughed Yeah, because it was like, this is a pretty good strategy. If you guys execute this, you sat here yeah. and came up with a good, this is the best strategy. This is how we should do it. Yeah. And immediately that's kind of like, the battle plans last yeah. until the battle starts or uh-huh. whatever. Yeah, there's that great term about you know the, the best laid plans until that moment of contact with the enemy. And I'll tell you this, Eddie's my bud and, and I'm his, but we do get a certain degree of schadenfreude sometimes. I'm over here like just gripping the edge of the table and spitting nails. And Eddie's like, Bwah! because I want to just kill every person at that table, literally. Because like, you just wasted 45 minutes of my life. We had this great plan and it just went completely off the rails, you know. But, and yeah. which almost led to the party getting wiped. Yeah. So not only did they waste all your time, they almost got killed us all killed. Yeah. So I was just like, good Lord. It's like, yeah, like I said, it was a brilliant strategy. Anyway, but these are the things that we're laughing at now. It's a great story. Um, and that was Those a, were the skunks. Yeah, yeah. In the story. Yeah. Um, but back to that was talking about sandboxes and what those could entail. And there's something that can add a certain amount of ease to those, but a certain level of difficulty, depending on, you know, like how much prep do you need, blah, blah, blah. Adventure paths, adventure on rails. And I remember years ago when Eddie and I were first getting to know each other, I was running um, – in fourth edition of uh, Scales of War. And we played that for, that campaign for a year and a half. But the one thing that him and I remember old uh, Claire and some other people would kind of grouse about was. It's terrible. It's it's on rails. You know, I mean, it's on rails. So ease of play for the game master, sure. It's a preset story, whatever. But if you have creative players that want to do, hey, why don't we go check out those mountains over there? You go, uh, uh you, can't, you can't. You know, why not? Well, because it's not in the this pre-written adventure path or, or story, unless you as a GM might go, all right, we'll improvise. And yeah, you head off to the mountains and you start rolling on some charts, but then you're kind of going back to 
playing that sandbox again. Remember, you could find some draconian way of going, well, you start to head towards the mountains, but you're attacked by a thousand ogres and driven back. Well, okay, I guess we take the hint. You know, we're on rails here. Choo-choo, you know. But anyway, what would you add about Adventure Pass, pros and cons? I don't know if you're going to get to this, but the one thing that I remember that, too, is like – Make sure you make a good character background because it's not going to be used at all. Yeah, you I've, won't see any of this reflected. Yeah, I'd really encourage you guys to make really rich characters, and they did. I'm proud of everybody. But then, and I'd hoped that during the campaign we could find ways to sort of lean into that. Sadly, yeah, we really didn't. And so, yeah, that is that, and I'll admit it. I mean, that's a, that's the shame of those adventures, unless you're someone who has the time and energy to go. Well, I don't want to do all the work this adventure has written, but I'll tweak it to kind of feedback on your backstory or whatever. So if you want a lot of backstory input from your players, mm-hmm. try to incorporate that and take in the work that they do. Or just say, look, it's going to be pretty on the rails. You don't have to worry about all that yeah. backstory. Yeah. You know, if you want to, Elizabeth was born, you know, in the year of the dragon. Yeah, no, that's not going to matter in the game. Um, and so, again, this is kind of more of the sandboxy thing, but – you know, how, what's going to set up the characters going on adventures. You can have rumors or a patron, like we mentioned kind of before. Um, the only problem with a lot of choices is I've seen in recent years, analysis prowess that he's already not in his head. He knew where I was going. Um, also in your world, like what races, if it's post apocalyptic, are you going to have mutants or, you know, are there going to be critter people, you know, anthropomorphic, you know, um, are you going to have living, you know, plants that are sentient, whatever? Uh, if it's fantasy, do you have elves? Do you want to be different, non-conventional? There's no elves on my world, you know. Um, no dragonborn. Yeah, and that's one of those things that th- this is stuff that will probably come out in your in your session zero. But it's like what races, what gods, no gods, magic, high magic, low magic, no magic. Um, I could bore you all to tears with the years of different campaigns I played where a GM would be like, Hey, as a novel idea, I want to have no magic or, you know, just everyone in the world, even peasants, no cantrips or something, you know, so you can kind of throw, go against convention and, you know, and those, but these are things you want to talk about during session zero. Um, here's an interesting one. How much can players alter the story of the world? How so do you use tokens, call outs, um, I, after we played a really interesting game with Brendan LaSalle, you know, I wanted to do something similar. And when I ran DCC at the game club and we came back from COVID, you know, everything went on hiatus for COVID. I was doing a thing where I wanted to do more of a, um, improvisational type gaming and let the players have a lot of, um, authority or, or whatever, advocacy advocacy you know and and so it's funny one of my players who's a sweetheart jessica was playing a dwarf and i said well, where are you from and she's ah you know and it's like i put her on the spot dwarf town and she's like yeah she's like i'm from the red mountains and i'm like okay that's great i was like there are no wrong answers let me make some notes in my little notes for the campaign you're from the red mountains and i'll add them to the map or whatever and like when they found a little farmstead they were gifted because they ran off the evil witch from the village i was like all right guys what's here oh there's a cottage okay how many chimneys they have two you know and what else is there's an herb garden you know the elf calls out i'm like all right and there's a barn i'm like all right and this there's a there's a guy who's like the custodian of this little farm what's his name they're like uh fred you know i'm like okay but i had a lot of fun with that and so i was just doing call outs like okay what do you want what do you you know whatever 
But even in my CNC game, I've went against convention and I'm giving out tokens that I've been calling like mojo tokens because I kind of, of course, stole it from Savage Worlds. But you can use it for a reroll. Or I even let, like in the game, James Ward was like, hey, my rogue needs to hide. And I said, I told you, this is farmland. It's nothing but just furrows of soil. And he's like, well, there's not like a, a shrub or a rock. And I said, I wouldn't imagine someone would have a shrub or a big rock out in their furrows. But I said, you know what, for that mojo token, I, I'll say there is. So, yeah, they got to kind of change things in the moment in the game, you know, whatever. And he was like, nah, I don't want to waste my good reroll token or whatever. But, I mean, you know, so – it's your, your mileage may vary on that. What do you, what do you think about stuff like that? I think it's pretty good. What I was thinking about was how much effect can your players have on the game? Mm-hmm. When you guys played the very first game in my world or whatever. Sure. And unleashed the zombie horde. I was yeah. like, that was a pretty big effect. How am I going to deal with that? Yeah. That's you had to all of a sudden, you know, really think that through what have they done? How will that affect my world that I'd crafted? Yeah. And that's a neat thing. Yeah. We, yeah, we unleashed the, the zombie horde, you know. It so, was yeah. thousands and thousands of zombies. It yeah. wasn't just... Like, is this world ending or what, you know? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I think we <clears throat> we, we drew out the uh, deck of many things or whatever, you know, instead of you pulling it out. But I can remember even before us, the previous group had done certain boneheaded stuff that had an impact on the world. That we had to fix. It's yeah. like, now we have to deal with this problem because of what they did, and then somebody down the line was going to have to deal with your zombie invasion. Yeah, because I have to laugh about that. Go ahead, yeah. So one of the other things to consider is, like, how much work do you want to do? Two. Exactly. Precisely. And we, we talked about, like, burnout. It's like, don't burn out, but you also don't want to phone it in. And that's where I talked about, I was thinking at this point, for some reason, your sandbox in that, like, you have all, I know you've heard the story on here if you've listened long enough, but Eddie had done this really great sandbox. And before I played it, he had a different group. And one time they had trudged all the way to the golden doors of this dungeon or place or whatever. And then he said, all right, let's call it right there because we played a while. When, you know, and he thinks, okay, they've gotten to the doors of this. Now it's time to take the time to flesh out this dungeon. So he does all this work to flesh it out. And what happens when they like reconvene a week or two weeks later? Yeah, they went in. A, they said, yeah, we're going to go back to town. And they never came back to this dungeon. And so that's where you could see where it, it, can, it can be exasperating. And that's a sandbox where everything's not fleshed out in advance. Um, but anyway, but if you do decide to go the sandbox route, Richard LeBlanc, a.k.a. the new big dragon you know, games has some awesome D30 sandbox stuff that I highly recommend. Um, but yeah, that's, but it's, again, it's like how much work do you want to do with the sandbox? You could do some minimal work up front. And as the party adventures, you flesh out where they're going, but you, you see, you know, there can be snafus like what Eddie dealt with. If it's all pre-published stuff or if it's adventure path, the work's done. You know, you're, there's not a lot of work on you. So, you know, and I think even in 5th edition recent years, they've had those big book where it's the against the giants and it's all those themed, it's a campaign or there's against the dragon horde or whatever. So, you know, there's something to be said for that pre-published stuff. But again, some people are going to kind of go, ugh, we're on rails. So, you know, it's which, which do you want to deal with? But again, I kind of lean towards, remember the comment in this was that people were talking, oh, there's not enough game masters. Well, make your life easier to where you're going to want a game master or what, what, what would you say anything else about that particular 
I would add in that not all pre-made adventures are the same. There's going to be some where you're like, wow, this is pretty easy to follow, mm-hmm. and I can just run it while I'm reading it, basically. Yeah. And then there's others where it's like, I thought this was a pre-made adventure, and I'm having to do everything yeah, because they, still, they haven't. It's a bare-bones skeleton framework, and they still have a lot of work for you. And you're like, what was the point of this? I might as well made something whole cloth. Exactly. Yeah, so definitely read some reviews or you know, check it out or whatever. A good call. Um, and so... You know, we've talked about this so many times, and here we are again, session zero, you know. But we're talking about, like, you've you done all this preparatory stuff and mental work ahead in time of what you want to do and what, you know, you want to achieve. But then finally it's where the, the road meets the rubber. You know, you sit down with your players for your first get-together, whether it be virtually or in person, session zero. Um, so it's like, what are the players' options? There's obviously the things you want or carbon stone or – you're pretty immutable on, you know, you're like, I want X, Y, Z, you know, no elves, high magic, uh, doors have wings, whatever, you know, now. So, but what are the players options and players want options, but sometimes again, you give them too many options and you get analysis paralysis. Um, how are you going to deviate from the core rules? Are you going to have house rules? Well, you need to let players know up front, I would think. And it might be a little bit of work, but you might want to have a little primer. You know what I mean? Or what's the word I'm thinking of where like a document, whether it be online or a physical one, where like, here's the changes. Like we're using X edition rules, but I've got a few house rules. And I would mm-hmm. say few. If you're going to have so many house rules that it feels like a different game, why are you using that system? I mean, would you agree with that statement? Yeah, yeah. and that's because I've seen that kind of thing where, good Lord, how many house rules do you have? Um, but you need to let your players know. And can you get input? Um, I will tell you, in recent time, I started running a campaign with a group of people where I said, we're going to the trouble of doing a session zero. Here's some concepts. There's things I know I want to do, but there's things where I'm willing to be flexible for whatever y'all want. And I put it to them, and guess how much feedback I got? none and i don't know if it's like no we trust you or we're just glad to be here or oh i don't want to speak up or i don't know what but it was a little a little aggravating that he's like could you give me some feedback you know and then if the campaign falls apart three months later and you're going why what i really didn't like x y or z why the hell didn't you speak up when you had the chance but we're we're dealing with human beings you know um because remember everyone gets something different out of gaming you know, yep. I mean, because I've had a buddy years ago, you know, it's like, hey, man, are you having a good time? Yeah. You just don't seem that engaged. He goes, man, I'm just glad to be here for the snacks, cutting up the jokes and the social interaction. You know, we could be playing a board game or just hanging out and I'd be just as happy. I'm just glad to be involved. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> glad to be involved. I'm, yeah, I'm just glad you. to be here. You know, I mean, so everybody gets something different. So don't be stymied or, you know, people want to project their mindset on it. No, man, everybody's different, you know. But what what else would you add to, to that? I think you covered that one pretty well. Yeah. But as far as preparing to run a new campaign, what else would you add to that? What we've just the ground we just covered. Don't offer anything that you don't really want to run. Okay. If you're like, well, I've got this cool idea for a new sci-fi adventure. It's going to be kind of like aliens, or we could do this cowboy thing. Yeah. And then everybody's going to go, we want to do the cowboy thing. And you're like, ah, 
why did I even say that? What <laughs> I wanted to do was the sci-fi thing. <laughs> so be careful what you offer. Yeah, yeah. Your player, and I guess you could say that for I all guess, of the like adventure paths. Because don't everything say too. it if you don't. You know, if it's yep. if you're not truly, because if you're not passionate about it, it's just it's gonna it's not it's not gonna be there, and people are gonna see it. And it, things aren't going to go well. You know, you're not going to have that energy that you need or whatever. Or you're going to be resentful or something. You know? If you want to bake cookies all day, don't offer to make tacos. Yeah. When it's going to be like, this is a job now. If I had been baking cookies, I'd have been so much happier. Uh-huh. Well, they'd be happy too. They're just happy they're getting some food. And, and some people are just that kind or so agreeable or flexible. They're like, well, I just want everybody to be happy. Well, you're never going to make everybody happy and you're going to make yourself miserable and you're going to burn out as the game master judge, whatever that much quicker. And even if you're having fun, and everyone's going along with what you're doing. Don't be surprised. You can still get burned out and, and don't feel bad about saying, guys, I need a break. Someone else want to run for a while or let's take a small hiatus. I will say on the other hand, I've seen times where personally as a GM, I've been a little burnt out. I've seen a player a little burnout and I'm like, Take a little time, step away, but don't don't say no. Just you know, and you'll see them come back rearing, you know, ready to go. They just need a little break, or you need a little time to recharge the battery. But you worry things can die on the vine, you know. And I'll say from the GM perspective, as a player, if this doesn't sound interesting to you, like eh, I really don't want to play a sci-fi that's kind of like Aliens or whatever. I'd rather do, you know, I'd rather be back out in the forest as an elf, or I'd rather play the Wild West. Know when a game's not for you and be like, nah, I'll catch you on the next one. There you go. Yeah. Instead of trying to force everybody else to, you know, conform to what you want, be big enough to go, well, I'm not interested in this. Let me step away. And I'll tell you this, in 40 some odd years of gaming, there's things that initially I'm like, I don't know if I'd sound to that. Once I got in it and gave it a try and the game master's passionate about it, I found, you know what? I mean, still maybe not entirely my cup of tea, but I'm having some fun. I'm, I'm glad I was open-minded and gave this a try. You know. Infectious enthusiasm. Yeah. Something to be said for that. Well, so this was just some ideas on starting up a new campaign or if you've never done it before and you know, you really want to be do your fair share, or, you know, for your local gaming group or click of gamers, you know. These are some ideas. We did our fair share for the podcasting world this week, this month. <laughs> <laughs> this six weeks for those of you still listening we appreciate it you know we, apologies that maybe there's they've been few and far between but we've been pretty busy this one sounds like he's insanely busy i, I question your sanity sir yeah it's good yeah it keeps you busy lots of uh irons in the fire and things mm. going on and yeah just sit around and be retired and let your brain rot i guess is not the way to go exactly precisely Yes, indeed. All right. Well, is that a clock on the wall? What? It looks like it is, but this clock is different because it's all out of hit points. Yeah. Stay tuned for the next three-hour podcast. (laughs) Is it that long? He's still doing okay. He's got a daytime job. He's doing Doing all right. right.